good to be here in the house of the Lord this morning with you. It's always a pleasure and a joy to come back to uh, to Bathurst. And I was admiring your, as I was talking to Art earlier, I was admiring your poinsettias. I said, it's amazing, you know, that here it is almost New Year's and they're, and they're not starting to wilt, you know. So then I got closer and I poked at the soil and I realized why. <laughs> Anyhow, it looks great, you know, so it's... Uh, but it's good to be here this morning. Good to see there's our faces here that I don't recognize, and that's probably not uh, that either a testimony of my age or my memory or, or uh, that I've never met you before, one or the other. And so it's a, it's a pleasure to be here today. Um, certainly, Tim and Andrew send their, their greetings, Pastor, and, uh, and, and wish you all a special day today. Uh, their home is full of sickness right now, and so we need to... Uh, you think of them, hold them up in prayer. The two little boys are, are just uh, doing their, they're sick. You know, my wife actually is homesick in, in Moncton this morning as well. So, wasn't able to make the trip, and so there's a bit of that going around. So, it uh, so far it's missed me except for a couple of days, but it makes me feel strong. You know, but I'm not sure. But it's it's good to be here this morning. Uh, we're going to bow our hearts together and. I just feel in my spirit, again, we want to pray for John and Muriel's passing. That was a a real uh, uh, surprise and I'm sure a shock to each of you. And I, we were here on Christmas Eve and saw her and John here on Christmas Eve. And so it's, uh, but she's, she's home and she's in the presence of the Lord. And so that's a special, a special acknowledgement. And yet Paul says we sorrow. But we don't sorrow as those who have no hope. And so we have hope, and we his, and his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we're so grateful this morning that we can bow in your holy presence. And we praise you, God, because you are such a wonderful Savior and a wonderful Lord. And there's, uh, you were touched with the feelings of our infirmities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon you. And by your stripes we are healed. So, God, we're so grateful today you've given to us your precious Holy Spirit who brings comfort and strength, and who doesn't always give us answers, but certainly gives us the reality of your presence and confidence, O oh God, that we are able to live by faith and serve you with confidence and joy and hope, and that we will someday bow in your holy presence. Be with John today and strengthen him and lift him up, O oh God, before your, as we lift him up before your throne, Lord, and his family. Watch over them and bless them. And strengthen them, we pray. And our mind goes to Richard this morning. We pray, God, that you'll be with him. And strengthen him and restore him as well to health and strength. For we place him in your care and others, Father. We just place him in your care. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. I'd like to, uh, like to read something this morning before we look to the Word. This was written in, uh, in 18... No, pardon me, in, in, in 1926 it was written. Uh, in 1864, a young man by the name of James Allen Francis was born in Nova Scotia. His first pastor was in New York City at age 21. And one solitary life was, uh, he preached at a convention in Los Angeles in 1926. He passed away in 1928 at the age of 64. You may have heard this or some rendition of it. More than 2,000 years ago, there was a man born contrary to the laws of life. He lived in poverty and was reared in obscurity, did not travel extensively. 
He possessed neither wealth nor influence. His relatives were inconspicuous and had neither training nor formal, nor formal training. In infancy, he startled a king. In childhood, he puzzled doctors. In manhood, he ruled the course of nature. He healed the multitudes and without medicine and made no charge for his service. He never wrote a book, and yet all the libraries of the world could not hold the books that have been written about him. He never wrote a song, and yet he has furnished the theme of more songs than all the songwriters combined. He never founded a college, but all the schools put together cannot boast of having as many students. He never marshaled an army, and yet no leader ever had more volunteers. He never practiced psychiatry, and yet he has healed more broken hearts than all the doctors far and near. The names of past proud statesmen, scientists, philosophers, and theologians have come and gone, but the name of this man abounds more and more. Through almost 2,000 years have passed since his crucifixion, yet he still lives. Herod could not destroy him. The grave could not hold him. He stands forth on the highest pinnacle of heavenly glory, proclaimed by God, acknowledged by angels, adored by believers, and feared by devils. He is the living, personal Christ, our Lord and Savior, Jesus, the Son of God. Hallelujah. 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 Yeah, hallelujah. It's called One Solitary Life. And uh, one you may have probably have heard, it's been around for so many years, I've probably heard it read before. But I felt just to remind us again of the significance of the one that we follow and the one that we serve. I want to talk for a few moments this morning about living in the light. And there's that one verse that we would quote from, and that is the in verse 7 of 1 John chapter 1. And we are reading from the New Living, it says, If we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. Verse 5 says, This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. So walking in the light, that's the privilege and the joy that we have. Uh, if you were with me and you drove to church this morning and you looked and admired God's handiwork and you saw the beauty of nature and snow on display as it was hanging off the bushes and trees, I mean, it looked like a, a winter wonderland. Some of you may have even stopped and taken some pictures. I was tempted. I didn't, but I was tempted. And it's just a, it's such a gorgeous display of the handiwork of God. And, you know, I'm so glad that we're able to see that. And we're able to see it because of, of light. It's light. Uh, there are people, I think probably every one of us, that at some point have stopped and marveled at the beauty of the sunset. There are some brave souls that get up early in the morning so they can see the sunrise. Now, it's not as hard this time of year <laughs> you know, to see the sunrise, but it is a certain a little bit more of a challenge than to see the sunset. Sun, the, the, the sunlight always has one thing in common. It drives away the darkness, the darkness of night. Uh, light and or the sun and, and night don't coexist very well. Uh, the light drives away the darkness. And I'm so glad that God or that Jesus chose and John described of how that we are called to be children 
of the light, that we are called to walk in the light as he is in the light. And in doing so, there are aspects of this Christian walk that we have that, are, that bring us wonder and joy and that set us free to serve and do God's will. When Jesus came into our heart, he broke the power of sin. I'm so glad that he drove away the power, broke the power of sin, and we are free. John chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jumping to verse 4, it says, The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. So the Word gave life, and His life brought light to everyone. So we see in verse 5, the light shined in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Or the King James says it could not comprehend it. And so we see that the, the, the light that, that we have in Jesus Christ has shined into the darkness and is driving away the, the, the bondage of sin, breaks the bonds of sin, and we are set free to follow in the pathway of Jesus Christ. I'm so glad this morning that we have that hope. Proverbs chapter 4 says, The way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines even brighter until the full light of day. For the way of the wicked is like total darkness. They have no idea what they are stumbling over. You ever talk to someone who has said, I don't know why life is so hard. I don't understand why everybody else gets the breaks. I don't know what's going on. I don't understand it. I can't can't get, the, get a handle on what's going on. Do you know something? The Bible is telling us here in Proverbs that the wicked stumble. They walk in darkness and they stumble that they know not what. They don't know what they're tripping over. They don't understand the circumstances that they find themselves in. They fall in holes they, because they can't see them. They trip up. They make mistakes. You know, when we are, as a Christian who walks in the light, you have the privilege of walking where we can see where we're walking that we can walk on a narrow pathway, the Bible tells us, that leads onto the way of righteousness, that we can see and we walk in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. And he is the one who leads us and who directs us, who strengthens us and challenges us to come, take up our cross and follow him. To take up our cross and follow Jesus is to be a child of light, to walk in the light with Jesus Christ, to walk according to the word of the Lord, not to write my own formula, not to write my own, my own agenda, but saying, God, I want to do your will. Lord, I want to do your will your way. I want to be a child of the light. I want to walk in the light as you are in the light. And we have fellowship one with another. Hallelujah. It tells us in the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son cleanses us from all sin. There's an ongoing aspect of walking in the light, of knowing Jesus Christ, in which the blood of Jesus Christ is applied to our hearts and our lives every day. It's an ongoing process, a cleansing process that draws us into him and that molds and shapes us and makes us into the image of, of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, our one Savior and Lord. And we give him the glory and we give him the praise this morning. Living in the light is an amazing privilege that fills our hearts with wonder and we are walking with God. Wow. Wow. Walking with God. Wow. Not just doing the best you can 
and hoping that God will somehow bless it or approve it. But it is walking with God, reading his word, fellowshipping with other brothers and sisters in Christ, seeking godly counsel. Yes, not to, not to direct your path, but to confirm that what God is speaking into your heart is really God speaking into your heart. And so finding counsel from godly people is not something that necessarily directs what you're going to do, but it confirms that the Holy Spirit is really speaking to your heart about what he is calling you to do. And so we see as we look into that, we understand that we be, our walk as children of the light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world in John chapter 8. If you follow me, you won't walk in darkness because you have the light that leads to life. He said, if you follow me, you won't walk in darkness because you have the life, the light that leads to life. And so we walk in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. Three points to consider this morning. Living in the light means Jesus opens the door for us to have special relationships. Laura opens the door for us to have special relationships. You have the privilege and the joy of having special relationships. We, first of all, have a special relationship with God. It's a special relationship that we have with God. We can say, God, you, you are my God, and I worship you. Lord, you are my God, and I bow in your presence. Hallelujah. You can lift your heart and your voice, no matter who you are, where you are, what you're doing. And you can know that Jesus is with you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I, I mean, who else except the children of the light have that joy? You have, to, you have to be saved. You have to be born again to have that joy. It's not just a matter of joining a church, but it's a matter of bowing in his presence, surrendering your heart, repenting of your sin, and saying, Christ, come into, I invite you to come into my life and into my heart. Be my Savior and my King and my Lord, and you become a child of the light. We're born again into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. That's what Jesus told Nicodemus. He said, Marvel not, I say unto you, you must be born again. And Nicodemus said, how is that possible? He said, that which is born of the Spirit. Jesus said, the Spirit, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. So being born again is a spiritual experience. It's not joining a church. It's something that God does in our hearts. And Paul says in Galatians, he said, you who were dead in trespasses and in sin... You has he made alive, or the King James says, you have he quickened. You have he quickened. You've been made alive by the Spirit of God, and you've become a child of God. You've been, you've been received into the family of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What happens in the church is good. What happens in the church is really a testimony that God is at work, and that God has done a work in your life. And you have entered into a special relationship with God through his Son, Jesus Christ. And the Bible tells us that we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, then we'll be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so we see that's important. That is, that is important. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 describes it. But, you know, it's, it's an experience that happens deep within our heart and our spirit. But it is something that we are able to publicize. One man said, I, 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 I wanna get, I, I'd like to serve God, but I don't want to tell anybody. And so he, turned to the, he had a minister that came to visit their home one day. And 
He was a young man. He said, well, he said, can I talk to you, Pastor? And he said, sure. Well, he said, in private, he said, I, I really would like to serve God, but I don't want to tell anybody. Do I have to tell anybody? And so the pastor looked at him and kind of smiled and said, no, no, you really don't. And so he said, uh, okay. So he gave his heart to the Lord. Guess what he did? He went in the next room and told his mother. <laughs> when God does a work on the inside, it just comes out. And well, thank the Lord that the pastor was wise and not the Holy Spirit gave him a little bit of wisdom to see through because he knew the nature of what God, of when God, when Jesus comes in, he changes us on the inside. The old man might not want to open his mouth and say too much, but I'll tell you, when Jesus is on the inside, he comes out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so God is a, is a good God. We have a joy and a privilege of having a special relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus is my Savior. He's my King and my Lord. He is the light of my life. We know what it means to say that we can walk with God. In the light of his word, the hymn writer said, What a glory he sheds on our way as we do his good will. He abides with us still, only as we trust and obey. Our Father delights in answering prayer. First Thessalonians 5, it says, For you are children of the light and of the day. You don't belong or we don't belong to darkness and night. We are children of the day, children of light. And so we see as children of the light and children of the day. Interesting that it, it, it tracks right through from John and it goes through in Thessalonians. We read it in Timothy. We read it in 1 John. Uh, again, we read in Romans. All again, the, the picture of light, the picture of walking in the light, of being children of the light. And, uh, you know, the men love darkness because their deeds are evil, it says in the Old Testament, you know. And, uh, but we walk in the light as he is in the light, and we do have fellowship one with another. We see we have a special relationship with other Christians. We share a common bond in the cleansing of the blood of Jesus Christ. It tells us that we have fellowship with each other in the blood of Christ. God's Son cleanses us from all sin. You know, when you come to church, and, or you're, 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 you're having fellowship with a brother or sister, you're stopping for coffee at Tim Hortons, you get talking about the things of the Lord, not your neighbors, you know what I mean? You start talking about the things of the Lord. Uh, there's something happening there. Um, the Spirit of God is at work, and you walk away from that, that connection stronger than before you went there. You come to church. You may sit there and hardly do anything, hardly even, you might just hum, you know, in the background. But, you know, when you walk out the door, but God, the Holy Spirit, has been doing something in your heart. He's been, he's been shaping you. He's whittling away a little bit at the surface. He's molding you and he's changing you to, your, to the point where you're going to start considering and start understanding of what God is doing. And, and there's an understanding that comes to your heart. Oh, how is that possible? That's what, that's what John was talking about when he said to, that the light shines. The light shines, and when the light shines, it, it kind of whittles away that darkness of understanding and bondage, and, and there is a special fellowship that comes. You say, it brings us to a place, brings us to a place where, where we are ready to give our heart and surrender our life to the Lord. I can remember different people that I've talked to who have given their hearts to Christ, and, 
I remember one guy's name was Angus, and, and he, uh, I asked him every time I went to visit him. He was terminal, and uh, his wife was, uh, was a Christian, but he had chosen never to serve God and not to know the Lord. And you know something? I, I talked to him. He said, not, not yet, Pastor, but someday. I'll let you know when. So every time I would go, I would go about once a week because he was getting weaker. And when I talked to him, I said, are you ready yet? And he, he knew what I was talking about. No, not yet. But then one day he said, the next time you come, I'll be ready. And, you know, the next time came. And I went and he was ready. How do you explain that? All I know is this, that God works a little bit at a time. And that God made a change in that man's heart. And I expect to see him in heaven when, we, when I make it one of these days. Hallelujah. All I know is this, that there's a relationship that we have with each other that makes us all stronger because we are children of the light and the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, is applied to our lives. It's applied to us and it molds and shapes us and molds us into the image of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Paul, or First John 2 says, Dear friends, I'm writing a new commandment to you to love one another. Anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble, in verse 10, 1 John 2 and 10. So when God puts a love in your heart for other brothers and sisters in Christ, it's a, it's a godly love. It's not a physical or a sensual love of any sort, but it is something that God puts in your spirit. It's because you are children of the light. There's something that responds because you're a child of the light, and you're able to worship God together. We have a special rela relationship with God, special relationship with other believers, and a special mission towards unbelievers. The Christians share a common mission in this life, worshiping God in spirit and in truth, letting your light shine for Jesus. In Matthew it says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Verse 15 in Matthew 5, no one lights a lamp and puts it under a bushel. Instead, a lamp is, is placed on the stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. It is an amazing wonder to be able to live in the light of Jesus Christ and know the freedom and know the joy and know the peace that passes understanding. It's an amazing wonder to be able to live the gospel in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus declared, is declared to be the light of the world in John 3. Those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. It says an evil man hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be made manifest. But a good man loves the light and comes to the light that his deeds might be revealed, that they are wrought in God. 1 John 1 and 7 he quoted this, if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of his son Jesus, God's son, cleanses us from all sin. You know, Christian fellowship is similar to emotional empathy in experience. I talked with a man a few weeks ago, actually a couple of years ago now, and he was sharing with me an experience he had had when he was visiting with a, 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 one of his friends, who happened to be one of my friends, and he had gotten a message that his son had had a little baby in another country. And they were concerned and worried about him and his wife and over there in this other, other place. And the baby was healthy. The parents were healthy. And, and the, 
And the guy sat there when he got the news, when he got the phone call, and he wept. Okay? He wept. He was so relieved and so glad and so happy. And, you know, my friend, his name was Tony, he said, you know, he said, I couldn't believe it, but he said, you know what really amazed me? He said, I started to cry too. So this guy is standing there by his friend who's received a call that he's had a little grandchild, and that grandchild, he was so relieved that he started to weep, but the friend who was visiting started to weep as well. And he was still reveling in that, like six months later he was telling me about it, and he said, you know, it was an amazing experience. But what was that? That was emotional empathy. He was empathizing with his friend. He was feeling that with his friend. And you know, spiritual fellowship is very, very much like that. Except it's not an emotional source. It's a godly source. And so when the Spirit of God is within you, and the Spirit of God is within your brother or your sister or your friend, guess what? There is an empathy. There is a fellowship. There is more, it's more than empathy. It is a beautiful, beautiful, wonderful experience of worship, that together you can worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And God is at work. God does a work inside of that person's heart. You know, our Christian fellowship is like that, but fellowship is created by God, but practiced by man. Paul tells us to live in harmony or fellowship with others. Romans chapter 12, be happy for those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other in, in Romans chapter 12 and verse 14. We tell us that in some observations, when Christians walk in the light of Jesus, we love each other. When Christians live in the light, we have fellowship with each other. When, when, when we have fellowship with each other, Jesus' blood is, cleanses us from all sin and is applied to our heart and applied to our lives. And we find as well that when living in the light is a Christ-centered life, living in the light is a godly life. It is a life that gives glory and honor to the Lord. It is one that we can lift up our heart and give Him praise and give Him thanks because He is so good. We see that the cleansing of the blood of Jesus Christ happens every day while we live for Jesus in the power of the Spirit. There is an amazing wonder to living in the light, to loving God, loving others, knowing that the blood of Jesus Christ is cleansing from all sin. It is an active, ongoing, continuous work that happens in your life. You know, you say, well, I... I Pastor, that's, that's okay, but you know, I still got some problems. I still got some hang-ups. You know something? There is something that is inside of, uh, of, of each of us. It's called the old nature. And we have, a, we have a, a, a propensity is the big word. We have a lust or a desire that seeks after darkness. And you know, the enemy comes and he flaunts darkness and he flaunts things that are of sin and appeals to the old sinful nature. You know something? That's what Romans chapter 6 talks about, where we need to reckon ourselves to be dead unto sin and alive unto God. So that if we find ourselves in that place, you know what that does? That puts you in a, that puts you in a hold pattern. That puts you in the deep freeze. 
It takes your Christian experience and your joy and your fellowship. It robs you of your joy. It takes away the smile. It takes away the bounce in your step. It takes away the song. You know, if there was ever a time when you stopped singing in the shower, check your prayer life. You'll find that your prayer life is, is in need. You, know, you, know, you understand what I'm saying? There is a natural, intuitive, wonderful, beautiful walk that we have with God that the Bible talks about it as fellowship and a beautiful relationship that we have with God, a relationship we have with other believers, and an opportunity we have to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, which the Bible says is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first, but also to the Gentile in Romans chapter 1. And so we find that because that is true, because that is valid, then we have the wonder. We have the wonder of, of being able to stop and say, wow, Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Little ones to him belong. You know, I am weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. And those words are so simple. And yet there is a wonder. There is a wonder when you catch a glimpse that this creator of the universe, this one who has designed the infinitesimal, small, you know, uh, structure of all the nanoatoms or whatever else they're called, I don't know. I know this, that he has designed all those things. And yet he knows us. And he loves us. For God so loved the world. Hallelujah. Amen. And he says, I love you. And I want to have fellowship with you. And I want you to have fellowship with each other. And love one another with a pure heart fervently. Love one another with a pure heart fervently. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, what a joy, what a privilege. And I think probably the best word that I've said this morning was the word, wow. 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 Hymn writer said, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Let's bow our hearts in prayer. Musicians are coming, and as they're coming, we're going to just ask you to bow and and Natalie's going to lead us in a song of I surrender all. All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. And I'm going to ask you this morning, as we start this year of 2024, are you, uh, are you ready to stand in the presence of God? Christmas Eve I was here in Muriel or Muriel, I'm trying to pronounce her name, was with us this morning. She's in the presence of the Lord. We know that. You know that. And I know that. But as we examine our own hearts, we have to say, am I ready? Am I ready? And you know, it's a very simple transition to become ready, and that is to make an act of surrender. This is all to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. And before we ask Brother Bob to come, Brother Robert to come, 
as we sing this verse and the chorus and or as they sing it, say, Pastor, this is a morning I need to make, find that place of surrender that says yes to Jesus. Because he's been speaking to my heart for a while. And I, I, I believe I need to get some things straightened out with God. Then I'd like to invite you to come on down here to the front. We're going to all stand together in a minute. And as you stand, we're going to ask you as they sing, just to step out from where you are and make your way to this altar and and pray. Because I'm believing God that you're ready. God is ready to receive you. And I pray you're ready to receive him. Could we stand together in the name of Jesus? And could you lead us in that all to Jesus?